Welcome, I'm Ruth Franger, founder of Conscious Leaders. This podcast is about providing you with real insights from human leaders. The progressive leaders willing to talk about the highs and lows of business so you can take away both their philosophy and how it plays out practically day to day. Learn about the podcast and us at consciousleaders.org.uk. This month, I bring you my first revisit interview. I'm back with John Alexander, who's co-founder of The Citizenship Project, and also now author of a new book, Citizens, Why the Key to Fixing Everything is All of Us. I went up to St. Neots in Cambridgeshire in the UK to interview John. And as this is a revisit, I asked John to briefly explain his co-founder role and then delve into his powerful philosophy that has led him to write this book. I began my career semi-accidentally working in the advertising industry and then fairly quickly ended up on a, on a going down a rabbit hole really of a question that's what, what are we doing to ourselves when we tell ourselves we're consumers 3,000 odd times a day, which is how I essentially came to think of what advertising is doing in the world um, and the sheer sort of ubiquity of messaging. Those are, those are numbers from 2003, there's more these days, um, more commercial messages coming at us every, every day or in our sort of surrounding environment. And uh, pursuing that question sort of led me uh, into, a, into an inquiry that firstly was quite sort of downward looking and quite negative. Uh, and then got me to another question, which is what would it look like to put all that creativity and energy into involving people in the world as citizens, into building people's agency, uh, rather than just selling them stuff. And that essentially is the, is the question at the heart of the new citizenship project, the consultancy I co-founded with Irene Akashis. Um, and the, 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 the way we describe our work is we say we, we help organizations of all shapes and sizes, businesses, government, charity, think of people as citizens rather than consumers and they and therefore do better stuff because if you think of people as consumers the only ideas you ever come up with the stuff people buy from you transactions people have with you if you think of people as citizens you start by asking what are we even trying to do in the world how can people be part of that what relationships can we develop what can people buy into uh, and we found through work with everyone from the body shop to the Guardian to the European Central Bank, which was an odd one, to, uh, to the government of Jersey, uh, to the National Trust, that, that this is a set of ideas that really, really flies and can really open a lot of stuff up. And, um, and that's, that's essentially what the book is. So the book is, the book is called Citizens, Why the Key to Fixing Everything is All of Us. It's very unambitious. Uh, and it's um, really about what it would look like uh, and how organisations can lead a, a shift in the story of the individual in society from, from consumer to citizen. I'm wondering if businesses were making first steps here, maybe within one project, one department, like what do you see as like nice ways people can start to do this? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we should, I think, actually going to the governance of the organization is is pretty tough like that's a that's not the easiest starting point um although it's really important because to truly go into citizen space what you have to be doing is 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 rethinking the power structures and we i'm sure we'll come back to that but but in terms of where to start purpose platform prototype the prototype principle what we mean by that is you can't flip a kind of utopian switch and just transform the organization overnight that you can't just become a you can't become something different just by saying it. Um, but what follows from that is that is also the recognition that because 
humans are citizens by nature because this is who we are, somewhere in the organisation, this will already be something like this, something in this shape will already be happening, and it will be happening in spite of the structures and processes. So, to give you an example, the the um, the first organisation that we went really deep on this with was at the National Trust, where I worked for a bit before starting the new citizenship project. And my favourite example of this at the Trust, so that, so. When you think about the National Trust, the, the journey that that organisation has been on through this work is one that takes it in the consumer era, in a consumer frame, the National Trust becomes a visitor attraction business selling days out to people with a conservation charity sort of hidden somewhere in the background protecting places, I mean, if you're honest, from people. Um, and, and the two organisations sort of pull apart. And what I think citizen thinking does by talking about purpose, it says, well, actually, this is really all about like building the relationship between people and place. So from there, you then go, okay, so where in the organization is that already kind of happening despite our structures and processes? And the first gang that put their hands up that sort of self-identified was a staff cohort that um, were called, when the work started, were called wardens and their uniforms were camouflage and their job description, I mean they were basically kind of the odd job men of the organisation in, in the conservation charity, sort of behind the scenes and if anything, if anything in their public sort of, in their sort of public facing role it, the, it was basically to sort of jump out from behind trees and protect nature from children it was like stop, <laughs> stop damage yeah. um, but what, what, what they were doing despite that kind of role was they were actually they were running den building and like mud pie making and like mm. bug counting and all of this cool stuff outside of their like in an extracurricular like fashion and what we did was we went well that is actually what we want to be happening so we've discovered that this in the appreciative inquiry like frame discover that that's going on and then you go well what would it look like to make it possible for them to 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 have that as the heart of their role and they and we sort of we've held the space for them to rebrand themselves actually as rangers and they changed their uniforms to be red so they were really approachable and they uh, they asked for social media training, which we get so they could be the voices of the organisation. They wrote guides to their own favourite places and this sort of stuff. So that's, I mean, and then and then beyond that, like that's that's a really sort of concrete example from within an organisation that starts from the basis of first figure out what it is that your organisation is really trying to do in the world. What's the what's the purpose that goes beyond like the products that it sells, and then look into the organisation to try and seek. I don't ask mm. the question and then seek where someone is working in that way, probably despite the organisation. But but there's also, I mean. We, uh, we developed this tool for, for our platform principle we call the seven modes of everyday participation which are like seven different ways you love a model don't you I love a model I also love a letter P really the three <laughs> principles of participatory organisations <laughs> purpose platform and prototype yeah. it's basically you can take the advertising out of the boy <laughs> well no can't. you can't actually you, can't. you can take the boy out of advertising you can't take the yeah, advertising yeah. out of the boy but yeah, so we do like a model. But yeah, the, se the seven modes of everyday participation, just things like, just little prompts, like people can tell stories. So you don't, the organisation, it doesn't have to be the organisation's voice. It should be, can and should be the people's voices. It doesn't gather data. Citizen science is a massive thing. So many organisations, if they are trying to do something that people actually want to be part of, could be part of something like that. Share connections. Get, contribute ideas if you do open idea processes learn skills like 
there are so many um, there are all these different things that people can right. ways that people can be part of something so, so practical ways they can really start doing it yeah I really like the um, you know we did talk about this in the first podcast so we won't <coughs> go too deep but the appreciative inquiry concept is you know it seems like the research shows that the energy that comes from talking about positive things builds on those answers right whereas normally we start with the problem which is gets us into this deficit model we're always trying to fix stuff and like and do you know, um, like, the, I have seen this, like, writ large as I've started to go around, go to different places with the book, um, like, and learning about different organisations. In, in community building work in particular, is that appreciative inquiry is essentially the sort of underpinning concept of, of a whole approach that's become known as asset-based community development, ABCD. Another model. <laughs> Another model. <laughs> but uh, And nice, like, ABCD, right? You're like, tick. Um, <laughs> but, they, but what... Uh, and again, essentially, it's just going, like, what would it look like to, to try and find where this community is already amazing? Like, mm. what's it proud of? What's, what, what do people here because care the, about? Because I guess the opposite is just... <clears throat> you know, it's maybe, like, your subject story. It's just feeling like, the world's broken, society's a nightmare. No nothing we can do. Nothing we can do. And that's, when you, that's to... when you breed apathy and you breed right. powerlessness. Powerlessness, you, you... yeah. And then we're really messed up. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and the, the even deeper danger is when you get into that sort of space, then then it's fertile ground for the authoritarian... I mean, some people are, would even say sort of neo-fascist, like, mm. which is... Which is a, a force and a story that's that's around today, right? Like we shouldn't, we should be clear-eyed about this. Mm. Um, and 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 a big part of, uh, I see the role businesses can play at the moment as as uh, in particular as really crucial because, like, and and kind of that they really need to get stuck in because businesses don't thrive in authoritarian societies, right? Like it, the, things get ugly. You you end mm. up having to corruption flows like business goes down so I think we are in a moment in time when business actually needs to lean into its role in the world and and say well look we we depend on rule of law and strong frameworks and strong institutions and so we're gonna we need to take some responsibility for making sure that those are in place yeah and it seems like you know, corporate social responsibility is a phrase we've had around for probably at least 20 years. Uh, it's just PR, 20 years. Yeah, it can be just PR, or it can be like, like if we cut the co- if we cut the organisation open, what's going on inside? Right. And, and, and no doubt, we've all witnessed businesses where we think, oh, there's some real, like, you know, and as obviously I interview a lot of conscious leaders where you think, if you cut them open, there's purity there's some really good stuff yeah. and then other people I try and avoid are like pretending to be wonderful because it is a PR message yeah. and it's um, you know it's really interesting and you probably know where this is going to talk about Brewdog <laughs> who's <laughs> a, a favourite subject of ours because um, um, yeah I'm, I'm not a massive fan but I'll hold off briefly <laughs> while not a you, massive fan while, you, while you give us a more balanced approach perhaps but um, <clears throat> yeah I don't know if you want to talk to that organisation because they, they clearly are, are making some efforts but also have significant dysfunction yeah, and, yeah. no look so I, I use Brewdog so in the in, in the book uh, I have a kind of citizen business citizen government citizen NGO chapter and, and Brewdog was kind of my lead case study in the business chapter 
and and I would stand by that up until about I think it was like 2017, um, and 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 when I first interviewed the and first sort of got to know the case study and dug into it, I think like, this was an organisation that was founded by two guys and a dog in 2007 that like really had a very like genuinely authentically held. Uh, not the loftiest, but this purpose to this language of purpose, like from Hoodside, they had a purpose that was about like, how can we make everyone as passionate about craft beer as we are? And and they really like genuinely cared about that care, maybe. Um, from a platform perspective, like they did, they pioneered all sorts of stuff. Like uh, to my like tell stories. They they ran advertising campaigns where where the the the, the support the the drinkers the customers were the voices. That they, it was called I Am Punk. Um, they they I mean the biggest thing they did was pioneer what's called equity crowdfunding, um, where uh, where people actually bought shares in the organisation. The, the the customers are the owners of the organisation. And they were the first, really, to do that before any of the platforms existed. They, they, they created a way of doing it from nowhere in 2009. They open source all their recipes. They, like, they, I could go on and on. So, and, and one of the reasons, the reason actually why I held to talking about Brewdog in the book, because as, some, as many of your listeners will know and as we'll talk about, they've, done, they've gone to some less wonderful places since. But the reason why I held on to talking about them was that because they have pioneered so many of these things and because in doing so, they're, they're stealing the clothes that so many like really purposeful, really meaningful businesses could be could be wearing, right? Like, like, like we, we said this in the body shop, we've said it in the co-op, we've said it in Innocent, we've said it in The Guardian. Like, look at these things that these guys are doing and look how fast it is making them grow because people are buying into that organisation. They're not just buying beer from it. They're buying into the idea of it. They're buying into the purpose and the mission and that creates a, a loyalty and a kind of, and a, and a commitment and a relationship that that is frankly very good for business and 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 all of these really cool organizations that have something so rich and deep and big that they could be letting people buy into are, are stuck just essentially saying to people shush little people just go shopping we'll do the good stuff and you just buy our products and that for me is just like it's just such a waste misses a fundamental uh, right step so if we unpick Brewdog a bit more. Yeah. To, let's Dive get, in, let's get in with with what's going on in James Watts' mind. There. <laughs> I've no no idea about that place, but but it seems like you know from what you're saying and how you talk very positively about them that they have really engaged people really well in participatory marketing. They've people become was equity punks. They've been part of the organisation quite easily. They're They've they've kind of mobilised their audience to a way that, that people really feel part of yeah, the yeah. journey. They're participants like, more than they are. Well, at least this very large and significant core is is more participant. But the problem, so where it goes wrong, or in my in my view where it's gone wrong is um, they never they haven't really understood that what this is about is not sharing in the financial success of the organisation. It's or, or distributing that. It's about power, and like this is well, this is what ultimately what it comes down to. If you are really going to do this, that it has to come down to 
how like what power is distributed and the, the problem with BrewDog is that the, the structure of shares that the equity punks have doesn't give them meaningful voting rights uh, and and the same is true of a recent employee kind of yeah, ownership scheme they've been, they've been on this interesting journey haven't they because they, they did this good stuff and then was it is it 18 months ago that there was this blow up about employees who 100 ex-employees wrote this letter to yeah. say what a toxic work environment yeah I think it was 60 uh, anyway but, but they What's interesting about that, and so this, the, these uh, employees wrote an open letter making accusations of a to- toxic workplace culture, and frankly, you will hear this from many people. Um, and and this was one of several things that were going on, right? Like, there, there, there are other stories too, like saying that they were going to give away a solid gold beer can, and then it was like just like gold leaf, bit of gold leaf on the outside, and stuff like that. Like, and, and what you. But what's really interesting, zooming in on the on the employee on on that employee group, is that, well, a couple of things. Firstly, that that the way that employee group identified themselves, what they called themselves, they weren't they didn't just see themselves as employees writing a letter. They called themselves punks with purpose, and and so they like that they were they were they see themselves as owners of the purpose of the organisation, holding the. The, the organization to account to, to sort of live what it's what it claims to live and and I think that's really fascinating because you it's not like it's not sort of um, outsider it's like an insider voice going this is not what we this is not what we want this to be and this is we feel ownership this is, our this place. is ours this yeah, is ours yeah, right yeah. let's make it better and I think yeah exactly and I think that um, that dynamic I still think is to play out but the reason, just to go in, just back to Mr. Watt and hit and and like where I see this having gone wrong. It, one of the things I talk about, actually, at a macro level in the in the book, is the idea that actually the biggest barrier to a citizen society, or the biggest danger to it as well, actually isn't the sort of rising authoritarianism or the kind of command and control leader. It's actually the hero complex of people who get into positions where they think they can save us from that. And I think that's, at a, at a kind of specific organisation level, what's happened at BrewDog. Like, James, James Watt in particular, the two founders, James Watt and Martin Dickey, from from what I've seen, and I, I, I wouldn't claim to know them well or have gone be inside or anything like that, but from what you can see and what you read and what you hear, it, it seems that... If, if anything, it's like it's James Watt who has more kind of believed that it's sort of his genius that has that has resulted in this thriving organisation that has transformed, and it has transformed the the, the beer world. Um, and look, and remember, they have done some great things, like the the Brewdog Tomorrow uh, program is a, a pioneer of sustainable business program. They're one of the first living wage employers. This sort of stuff, but but the. The problem is that what has see, has come to see, I think, those things as being his genius, rather than things that have happened actually precisely because they have this relationship where they've tapped into the ideas and energy and resources of everyone, mm. and 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 because of that, because of that failure to see that it's actually the ideas of everyone, the power hasn't been distributed because it hasn't been seen to be important. And now it's like it's starting 
the power is still too much. There's a thing called founder's syndrome, which is basically another name for hero complex, but in the in specific to, to corporate startups, right? And and that I think is what's is what's happened in my view. And but what I think is particularly fascinating, I don't think this story's over, right? Like uh, those punks with purpose, like I'm pretty sure well, I mean we know that they're still organizing and talking and there are there are the the equity punks are discussing on the I'm I'm a I happen I do have shares in Brewdog, I'm a I'm a i am ai am an equity okay, punk yeah. and, and they're talking on the on the on the in on the chat boards and things like that and, and figuring out like maybe we don't have explicit formal power in the organisation but we sure as hell have influence mm. so how do we use it feels that? like based on everything you've just said and I've heard as well that that there are a plethora of contradictions right like there's there's, this, there's obviously a drive to involve <coughs> both employees and customers because because otherwise you wouldn't get this like you said you wouldn't get the um, um, the ideas those energy, purpose. Yeah. but yet it for sure from what you're saying, because James Watt clearly has a certain amount of desire for taking credit or heroism around that. Um, and I noticed that on LinkedIn when they announced that they were doing this kind of staff equity program. Yeah. And it was a very, um, it was almost like a beating his chest kind of thing. Like, look what we've done. Like, we've got this, like, amazing... We're the world leader. Yeah, look what we've done. We're radical, like, employees of equity, like, amazing, radical... And then later he was posting later that day about like we've had 15 times the amount of people applying to to be in part of our bars and, yeah. and it was it was very it was very um, egotistical in my opinion and very and he did take a lot of credit for that and it's and it seems like it's not actually that big a shift for him to like move to like and you guys did this because they did right and it and and then to mobilize them into positions of more power right it's not it's not um it's not a massive change for him to go through to be there in some ways for 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 the benefit of people listening to this i'm pointing at ruth with with energy and vigor because i <laughs> entirely agree like so if the, james watt would like to come for coaching I oh exactly you're conscious leaders yeah. uh, you can you can be part of the program whenever you like mr watt yeah no, but it's true but i guess what i'd say is that um it's not a massive shift, and this is what what a lot of the book is about: is the this idea that the the shift we need to make as a society is, in some ways, like enormous, right? Like it's it's and 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 very difficult. Like if you try and swallow it whole, but in some ways, it's tiny and really simple, and it's just about just looking at the world differently. It's not, it's like the, the, the sort of the true voyage of discovery isn't in going to new lands, it's in seeing with new eyes. It's like that kind of, just that little, like, look at the world through a different lens. And what one of the, the day I really committed properly, and I think this was maybe just after you and I spoke for the first time, the day I really, really committed to writing the book was, um, was in May 2020. Uh, when the message changed in the UK and it had been stay home, protect the NHS, save lives, which is in my mind subject story message like protection and return for obedience, do as you're told and and it what but that wasn't what was happening around the country. What was happening around the country was that we were all leaning in. We were being citizens. There were mutual aid groups, there were street WhatsApp groups, there were bang for the bang pans for the NHS there was the NHS first responder scheme that was built for the website was built to handle 250,000 applications in three weeks and it got 750,000 in 48 hours like and crashed the thing like that but when but then when the message had to change because 
because it was so obvious that 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 it wasn't an accurate representation of what was happening. Maybe, yeah, to some extent, it's cynicism. But to some extent, I think it's it's the fact that the that story, that the fact of what we were doing, the and a logic, the the idea of that as being a logic that that our government could have stepped into, was invisible. Because no one's named it, and it, and you couldn't understand what it might be. Because to... we were all COVID experts back then. I don't know about you, but everyone was like, "Well, we should do this." We were all armchair experts, so we, we had a lot of energy to right. help, right? Oh, so and like, like so. I mean, you know this, but in Taiwan, one of the th- like this, uh, the the story of Taiwan is the one in the book that's just like m- totally mind blowing in my is my opinion. But but one of the one among very many things that they did was they set up a phone line with for where any citizen could ring in with ideas for how the country's response could be better. But, and they made all of the data open because they were like, well, people, people are leaning into this, so let's like channel that. And imagine the thought experiment, really. Instead of what the government did was they shifted to stay alert, control the virus, save lives. And that is a consumer message that says personal responsibility, councils go back to providing services, you go back to your lives, look out for yourself. But what if that message has shifted to something like, let's do this, like, let's figure out how to do this together, the question, not the answer, the... And and that like it sounds crazy to say it, but exactly to your point, it's basically that it's an analogous situation to in Brewdog. I, I don't think James Watt can quite understand what it is that they have done. I don't I I don't even necessarily think it's kind of. I mean, and, and and in the vacuum created by that lack of ability to see and understand the power that they have tapped into, the only place to go is people as consumers and therefore the the solution to an employee kind of outcry is to give employees money which mm. is basically what that is not power yeah or hr process or, or hr process yeah. or whatever and, and that that thing is like i mean that's really why why i why i wrote the book is because it's like that we're living in a moment when like there are going to be more of these upheavals that like this is going to be the craziest decade uh, it really is, and but when when that sort of window of opportunity, when these windows of opportunity, whether a company or a charity or a or at the level of a whole society, when they come again, uh, like what, what I'm trying to play my own little part in doing is naming that naming and making more visible that sort of that 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 response that community driven that citizen driven mm. that us well response. let's talk about because I mean, you and me talk all day can we but we're, <laughs> we're we're gonna have to sort of round this up shortly but well, tell me about how you're embodying your own approach because no doubt you could be your own ego couldn't you driving around the uk look at me all my all these gigs i'm doing now and and you know, obviously i i joke with you but but it, it it could be a bit like that and and yet you have this philosophy yourself so in the same way with James what we're saying like you know could you double down on this participant how do you role model how do you role model it's I mean this is like the edge of my learning and being at the moment right is like how do I how do I practice what I'm preaching because look in similar there's a lot of similarities between me and me and Mr. Watt right like 40-ish white guys six foot odd like like we have we we look and sound both of us look and sound like people who who are very acceptable in positions of power and 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 can sort of stand in the existing system quite happily um and uh that 
and and that sort of opens up and I, look I, I was like I have a I'm I have a some level of hero complex as bad as the next man right but man notice um, but but I think the what I'm what I, and it's a live question for me at the moment like am I should I be should I be trying to make citizens or myself a kind of convening point for all of this stuff or not actually. Um, is it is it right? Is it is it sort of um, uh, abrogating the responsibility of the of, of a role that I can play to not be a be a sort of convening point, or is it is it actually fulfilling the the way I the the, the, the sort of the truer citizen way of working to actually be kind of enabling like enabling and encouraging people to lean into wherever they are and I'm, I'm you can tell I'm, I'm, I'm generally fairly free-flowing and I'm stu- stuttering and stilting in this in this in my answer to this because I I honestly don't know I mean what's your big question I guess that's what you'd right. ask right I mean the, the big question I know the question actually is is how can I how can I like best contribute to 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 building and and making more visible this this story of humanity um and, and I'm starting the process of talking to people about the answers. I guess what I would say though is, right now, I don't, I don't, I think where I'm, la- where I am for the time being is that I don't need to answer that yet. Um, and like to just maybe to sort of finish the answer that I was in, um, I was in Colville in Leicestershire the other day, where I was invited by an amazing community organisation called Colville Can who were basically massively discouraged by a funder when they first started who said and 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 the parting words were well if you if you I don't think you can do it here but if you could do it here you could do it anywhere like that's the sort of idea of encouragement that they got yeah. and this organization is now um among they've just they've literally just got the the mayor of the area to sign an open letter that had been written by the kids at a local school uh backing their plan to take over um, an, a, a disused leisure centre and turn it into um, the National Parkour Centre to build an indoor skate park, an e-gaming facility and rewild a neighbouring golf course. Like, and they've got like huge community energy behind it. They've, they've got plans for a community share offer. Like this is, it's astonishing what they're doing there. And I went there the other night, um, not really knowing what this was, but they were like, "We'd really love you to come." And I like, and and so I went and and sat and chatted to them for a bit, and told them a couple of the stories, told them about Taiwan, told them, and uh, a few questions. We heard a bit from about what their plans were, and then this lad who's standing behind me must be like late teens, early twenties. Uh, and apparently he'd been working his socks off, like properly going at it to help get the community centre ready for their the, like their like launch moment um, and uh, and he said uh, I've never read a book and I'm going to read yours because you've just given me language that helps me explain that explains why I've worked so hard uh, you, you've told the story that makes sense of what I'm doing and I mean I basically nearly burst into tears right because <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite an emotional dude but but the idea that that I mean the book is already worth it, like for that moment alone. If if it gives someone the belief and the confidence in what they're doing to keep doing it in the face of structural discouragement from our society at the moment, 
and so so I think at the, right now I feel like the right thing to do is to keep going and keep doing these conversations and events and keep keep offering that stimulus and belief and and I'm going to hold back from I, I, sort of just be a be a sort of energy input rather than try and try and ask for them to back me or anything that doesn't feel right right now so so there's a bit of I mean you've you taught me as, as much about this as anyone like there's a bit of just like yes you can think it but you've also got to feel it right like and, and it and it just feels like at the moment I just need to be in that role mm. and and be a kind of offer that sort of energy in and like, it might mat- shape and mature and change into something else and, and there's a few but right now that it feels sounds, pretty good it sounds like you're like you know, these are my words, not yours, but, you know, you're an enabler, you're a thought leader, you're someone who can not only inspire people to go and do stuff around this content, be it business or charity or government, but also someone who can reinforce or kind of affirm what people are already doing. Like, oh, wait, there's a real, there's a whole ethos behind this, there's philosophy, there's people doing this all around the world, and now I feel validated like that. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's it. And maybe, and that's, that might be the role for now. And look, I might be cocking it up, right? I might be. Like, yeah. I might be wasting the biggest opportunity. But I don't think so. And and I, yeah, I have some trust that I am at least sort of smart enough to recognise. And it, and and look, I think there's a generosity in this as well. Like it, it can't become, it can't become about about me because that would be rubbish. Yeah. So like, it's just. I'm, I'm sure it won't. Be, and I think the fact that you're holding the question even is is. Is means that it won't. Yeah. Because I wondered if actually if anyone's listening to this and can help you in any way, if there's anything they can do. Like, what are your top one or two asks right now? I mean, I guess in this, if I if I had what I haven't got a lot of is time and headspace. <laughs> I mean, last week alone, as you know, I, it wasn't just Colville; it was Bristol, London, Adweek, Europe, uh, Grimsby, Derby, Colville, Sheffield. Uh, and that was a week. It was tiring so. just saying it. <laughs> yeah. um, so a driver. Is that, that's where I was going. No, where I was going was um, if I maybe I do need to sort of practice what I preach a bit and go. I, so if are, are there analogous situations where people are in that spirit of that discover thing? Like where has this been done best? What's the analogies? Someone was telling about yoga with Adrienne the other day, which I have no idea what that She's is. She's amazing. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> but like, is is there uh, are there analogies from other places? I'd love if people like I'm like open for advice to be shaped to be told what to do like or or at least to be suggested shall we say mm. um, but yeah I, th- I, I mean I f- it, and I'm I feel like something's building there's definitely something happening regardless of regardless of me and the book there is there is there is citizen energy building all over the world and in every aspect of society and I think I have a contribution to make to that. I think I am making a contribution to that already with the book and the and the talks and the tour. If I could make more of a contribution, if if there are ideas for that, or if or if people want to start things that need a little bit of support from me for them to get it going, and like I would encourage them to do that, and like and I'll turn up to the first meeting of whatever they want to convene, for sure. So mm. I don't I don't want I would much rather people said to me I think there could be a group in this area or in this sector or in this world and started it and and like I don't, I don't have I don't know how to do it so crack on 
if if I can help, if I can come to something and be useful by spe- riffing a bit, then then great. But don't 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 feel as if I've got the answers because mm. I'm I'm holding the question as much as any of us. Well, thank you, John, for sharing this great work you've been doing. I really love the way that John is holding these open questions that can't yet be resolved. He has a potentially huge role to play in reshaping society. And I think that this ever-evolving conscious process will really allow him to have this big impact that he wishes. I'm Ruth Frenger, and you've been listening to the Conscious Leaders podcast. We're showcasing the human side of great leadership so you can learn about what it's really like and gain both philosophical and practical takeaways. To learn more about us and what we do to help leaders build a calm, collaborative and productive workplace, visit consciousleaders.org.uk.